Ryan Tahulio is still the old reliable in Atlanta, but some of the team's new blood could help restore the Falcons' fantasy punch. And welcome into another episode of Fantasy Football in 15. I'm your host, Michael Beller, joined by Derek Van Riper. DVR, how you doing, man? Doing great today, Beller. How you doing? I'm also doing great. I know I've uh, said this. I said this on our Monday show with uh, Manny Navarro and the Miami Dolphins. I'm going to say it again here on Tuesday. We are uh, rounding third and headed for home in this state of the team series on Fantasy Football in 15 closing. And hopefully you've been able to listen to all or most of them. If you uh, have missed a bunch, we have these all archived wherever you're listening. So be sure to check them out. This is a great way to get your fantasy football prep started for the 2020 season. Today's show is the Atlanta Falcons, and to talk Atlanta Falcons, we bring on our managing editor from the Athletic Atlanta, Daniel Shirley. Daniel, what's going on? How are you doing today? I'm doing. I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? We're good, man. This is a, a different look for this team in Atlanta. Obviously, uh, the big move was made at the running back position. Devontae Freeman gone after six years with the Falcons in is Todd Gurley. We know all about the health issues, specifically uh, with his knee. So what sort of workload do you think we can expect for Todd Gurley in his first year with the Falcons? Well, I would think they would use him a lot like maybe the Rams used him last year where, yeah, he gets – uh, you know, maybe most of the carries, but they've also got some depth at running back that they really like, uh, and it's more of a committee thing. And, and you know, you're not going to give him all of the carries with that knee and then burn him out halfway through the season. So um, especially with, with everything that's going on and, and no, no OTAs or any of that stuff, so you want to be careful with him uh, and, and really kind of share the load with, you know, Brian Hill, Quadre Allison, some of those guys behind him. Uh, where they have some depth, and I think you'll see a, com- a committee approach, uh, at least especially early in the season. Daniel, I think the question for a lot of fantasy owners with this backfield is, what happens if Gurley is forced to miss time with the knee or, or something else? Is there a, a favorite to step up as the lead back? Would it be another sort of committee situation with some combination of Brian Hill, Edo Smith, and Quadri Allison? Yeah, I think so, and and I'm a big Brian Hill fan too. And and you mentioned Ito. I didn't mention Ito, but I, I'm I'm big fans of both of those guys. Big fan of both of those guys. So I think both of them can get the job done uh, if Todd's not able to go if he's if there is an issue through this season. And I think going into the season, if you're the Falcons, you have to plan for that. You don't you don't go into the season going okay, he's going to be healthy and just hope. But I think you have to plan for the fact that, hey, he might miss a couple of games and we're going to need to be ready for that. And I, I feel like they are. They're, they've got they're, – there aren't standout names or superstars or anything like that. But I think you see a Nito Smith or a Quadri or Brian Hill, I believe those guys, if, if they went into a game week three of the season and Todd can't play and they've got to get it done with those three guys, I think they can get it done there. You mentioned a, a workload potentially similar to the way that he was used in Los Angeles last year. 223 carries, 49 targets, just as uh, just as a reminder of what uh, Todd Gurley did for the Rams last season. One thing that potentially could help uh, in the move to Atlanta for a guy like Todd Gurley is that this team did run a lot of plays last season. They ranked second in the league in plays per game, 13th in points, 15th in yards per play. Now we're in sec- the second year of Dirk Cutter's tenure as this team's offensive coordinator. Matt Ryan did regress a little bit in most of his statistical categories, most notably just 7.3 yards per attempt. We're used to a much more efficient production from Matt Ryan. 
How does this team find a measure of that efficiency this season? Well, I mean, I think it, it depends on what happens up front with the offensive line. If they're able to give him time uh, and not not have him get hit as much as he got hit last year, I think that was a problem last year. Uh, it's been a problem the last few years. And they've tried to address the offensive line uh, in the draft and free agency, so we'll see uh, if they're able to do that. But they've got weapons. I mean, they, you know, I know that uh, they've got Leo Jones and Calvin Ridley, uh, you know, Russell Gage is a really good player. They went out and got Laquan Treadwell. So there are weapons out there for Matt to, to use. It's just they've got to keep him from getting hit and keep him upright. Uh, and that was a problem last year. You mentioned Julio Jones. He's 31 now. We saw a very small tick down in efficiency last year. 8.9 yards per target was actually the lowest mark of his career. It's still actually a pretty good mark for someone who was targeted more than 150 times. Uh, but as you look at what he was doing last year, 1,394 yards, that was his lowest in a season in which he's played 14 games since 2012. Do you still see him being heavily targeted, like 10 targets per game sort of player in this offense? Is he still the focal point for Matt Ryan through the air? I think so. And, I mean, I think they're going to throw the ball that much. And, and you know, why would you not throw it to him? Uh, I, I look, I really like Calvin Ridley, and I think they're going to continue to use him a lot. But, but you've got Julio out there. Uh, unless teams are really just going to do everything they can to take him away, you've, you've still got to get him the ball. I'm not, I'm not one of those guys that says you guys are forcing the ball or he has to get X number of targets every game because there are other weapons. But he is that talented that he's going to get those chances, and there's no doubt about that. Well, let's talk about Calvin Ridley for a little bit. As you said, a rising talent for this team. Statistically, has had two remarkably similar years. His rookie year, uh, 64 catches on 92 targets, 821 yards and 10 touchdowns. Last year, 63 catches, 93 targets, 866 yards and 7 scores. Last year, of course, dealt with a little bit of injury, did all that work in just 13 games. So the per-game numbers increasing for Calvin Ridley in year two. How much should we expect that role to increase in year three? Uh, probably a lot. And, you know, they traded Muhammad Sanu halfway through the season. So I think you saw after that 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 Calvin's numbers probably went up and they did go up a little bit. So going into this season without Sanu there, uh, he's the clear number two now where maybe last year going in, you know, maybe he's 2B as opposed to just the number two. Uh, and Sanu's not there to get those targets. So I think you'll see – that Calvin, I, I think Calvin's going to have a big year. I really do. Again, Julio's going to get his going to get his stats and get his targets. But if I'm if I'm drafting somebody after you know maybe the top four or five receivers in the NFL, I certainly would look at a guy like Calvin Ridley because because he's going to I, I believe have a big year for the Falcons. Yeah, the pace last year. If you gave him 16 games at that per game pace, he would have got to a thousand yards. Uh, clearly efficient around the red zone too, which can go a long way towards driving up that fantasy value. I think it's interesting because I do believe this offense can sustain two 1,000-yard receivers relatively easily. They also had Austin Hooper depart in free agency. He goes to Cleveland, but they replaced him with Hayden Hurst, and I've just seen a lot of analysis that really expects Hayden Hurst to just do exactly what Austin Hooper was doing a year ago. So do you think the tight end role is the same in this offense with Hurst in and Hooper out this season? I do. And look, it's hard to say because Hurst kind of saw his time dwindle or his chances dwindle in, in Baltimore, but he's really talented and really athletic. Uh, I like the, I like them getting Hurst. I like the trade for him uh, to, to get him and uh, the move to get him. So uh, look, Hooper was really good and Ryan and, and Hooper had a really good connection. 
they had a really good relationship and that had built over time. Uh, so Hayden's going to have to get there and build that trust with, with Matt Ryan. But if you're going to lose Hooper, getting Hayden Hurst, I think you could have done a lot worse than that. I really did like that move to pick him up. And, and we'll see. Again, it took time for Hooper and, and Ryan to build that trust, and, and it might take some time for Hayden to do that as well. But that was a good move uh, to go get him to add to that tight end room. Yeah, definitely the best year for Hooper in a Falcons uniform last season. 787 yards, six touchdowns, caught 75 passes, and did that in 13 games. He had a couple of uh, he had an injury situation of his own that uh, kept him from uh, really reaching that elite level at the tight end position. But uh, definitely an interesting spot for Hayden Hurst to be in after being blocked by Mark Andrews in Baltimore. Uh, Daniel, you mentioned earlier the issues that this team had along the offensive line last season. 48 sacks last year for Matt Ryan. That was a league high. Uh, they have addressed this uh, the the position in the draft, most notably a couple of drafts ago in uh, 2019, when they took both uh, Chris Lindstrom and Caleb McGarry, the the starting five up front. Uh, returns basically intact. There were some moves made in this year's draft and some signings made after the draft for guys who didn't get drafted, but we're still expecting to see the same group of five up in front of Matt Ryan this year, aren't we? I think so, and and look, it, you know, I think really right now the, the maybe left guard is the is the one question mark with with James Carpenter, uh, but Alex Mack is going to be at center. Uh, you mentioned Chris Lindstrom, Caleb McGarry, they're going to be on the right side, and Jake Matthews is not going anywhere on the left side. So really, maybe that left guard spot would be one that could be up for up for up for battle. Uh, we'll see as as we get into camp and those kinds of things, but. Uh, I, I like what they've done in the dra- in the draft to to address the offensive line. Now you just got to see those young guys grow a little bit more. And you do have a guy like Mac, who's just an anchor at center. He's a he's a just a, a terrific player. He's a pros pro. Uh, and then we'll see how to how they build around that. And then Jake is one of the best left tackles uh, in the NFL. So Daniel, one question we ask a lot of our our people is is just who could emerge on this team to surprise us in November and December. I think Atlanta is one of those offenses where if everything goes well and everybody's healthy, it's kind of clear to get an understanding of what they want to do. But is there a deep sleeper somewhere on this depth chart who you could see emerging if the opportunity opened up? Yeah, I mean, I look, if, if I mean, I know we mentioned Edo Smith because so he could be that guy to me, to be honest, because because, again, what happens if Todd Gurley is hurt and they need somebody to kind of be the lead back. And I, I think Brian Hill's there, but I really like Edo Smith a lot. I think he's got a chance uh, to do some things. Again, not a superstar, not a guy you would you you would go out and say, okay, I'm going to go draft Edo Smith. But if you're looking for a guy at the end of your draft and think maybe I could take a chance on him, I, I think Edo Smith could be that guy because he, he's I really like his talent. I like how hard he runs uh, and the things that he could get done in this offense. Yeah, and a backup behind uh, Todd Gurley always is going to draw a little bit of attention given the fact that Gurley has had his health issues over the recent seasons. Uh, Let's look at uh, one more thing here before we wrap things up. Matt Ryan last year, 616 pass attempts. The year before, 608. Two years before that, 529 and 534. And then you had four straight years of 600-plus pass attempts. So this is a team that has always wanted to throw the ball under Matt Ryan. As you said earlier, a team that is still going to throw the ball a lot. We know Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Hayden Hurst. They're going to suck up plenty of those targets, but it does seem like the sort of offense that could have at least an intriguing 
third wide receiver. Maybe not someone in the fantasy world you trot out as a starter every single week, but someone occasionally, someone when bye weeks come up, someone when maybe it's a good matchup, potentially a high-scoring game, which we could see quite a bit of in the NFC South that you throw into your lineup. Is Russell Gage, Laquan Treadwell, does one of them feel like they have the edge over the other to be that guy? I, look, I don't know what Laquan brings. Uh, we'll find out. I, I, But I think Russell Gage is the guy who is emerging. I do. Um, you know, maybe he's the takes over the Calvin Ridley role from last year now that Calvin is going to be taking on uh, a bigger role with Muhammad Sanu not, no longer there. But I really do think that Russell Gage is a guy that, that you're going to see emerge and, and become used and, and be used even more than, than what the Falcons have done in the past. All right, Atlanta Falcons, always a team that catches our attention in the fantasy world. We are sure that is going to happen again here this season. That's Daniel Shirley, our managing editor down in Atlanta. Daniel, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, Be sure to check out Daniel on Twitter at DM underscore Shirley. That's going to do it for us on this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. If you are out there, iTunes, Spotify, anywhere else like that, please rate, review, and subscribe. We would appreciate it. And also... Check us out at The Athletic. Go to theathletic.com slash footballin15 for a free 30-day trial. For Derek Van Riper and Daniel Shirley, I'm Michael Beller. Fantasy Football in 15. We'll be back with you tomorrow.